Welcome to a bonus episode of the Burning Questions podcast, where we curate thoughtful conversations about smokes, stories, and substance. I'm your host, Davis Lacey. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Our first full-length episode featured an interview with Ben Ingram, the radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. If you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that episode yet, stop what you're doing right now and be sure to go check it out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it at burningquestionspodcast.com. What you need to know is that Ben joined us at the LJ Cigar Lounge back in January for an evening of smokes, swapping stories, and spending time with our guests. He also fielded questions from our audience. And in this bonus episode, I wanted to package the five best sound bites from that unscripted question and answer time. The first soundbite is all about Ben's philosophy of broadcasting. I found this really fascinating. When I broadcast the game, my theory is broadcasting to an individual. I think a lot of people might broadcast for the entire audience. I feel like if I'm broadcasting to you, then everybody's going to feel that broadcast slightly differently than if I'm broadcasting to the masses. I want it to sound like it's me and you, and I'm telling you about what's happening with the game. And I remember I was listening to an interview one time um, of Vince Gully, and he was talking about something similar. And what they were talking about was him doing a solo broadcast versus having a color guy. And while I have a color guy, this principle still applies, where imagine you want to go buy a car, and you go onto the lot or whatever. Would you rather have the salesperson come out with somebody else and, and they're talking about this car and you're just listening or talking directly to you about the car. And that resonated with me. And I, I feel like whatever is happening on the field, I need to be telling the individual and making it personal like that, making it intimate that way. I think that makes our medium uh, of radio significantly more enjoyable over the long haul than TV. And of course you can see the TV. And if I'm at home, then a lot of times I'll have the TV on or sometimes I might mute the TV and play the radio broadcast. But I think for people who listen to us, sure, a lot of people are listening in their car and, and they might catch 10 to 15 minutes, but there are people who listen to the whole thing. And I want them to feel like they know who I am and I know who they are because I'm broadcasting the game directly to them and there's nobody else around. And that's been my philosophy, and I think people enjoy that that style. Now, the second soundbite is also incredible. I think it showcases how Ben is truly doing the Lord's work in the Braves radio booth. At a minimum, he is at least doing the work that the Lord wants him to do. Uh, we were talking with Ben about how he got his opportunities to broadcast with the Braves organization. And he told us a story about latching on with the Mississippi Braves, right? He's a Mississippi guy, and the Braves minor league uh, AA affiliate moved from South Carolina, I think, to Mississippi. And as a Mississippi boy, he got a call from an acquaintance uh, asking him to come back home and join the broadcast team. So that was incredible enough. But this story about how Ben made the jump from the minors to the major league level is truly astounding. And it's all thanks to a providential rain delay. Take a listen. 2009 comes around and they had this uh, minor league broadcaster of the year award. And, and I win it this particular year and you know that that's fun it's great to be recognized for your work but I wanted to use that to get into the door in Atlanta I wanted to at least let them know hey here I am you know I'm not half bad at this if you ever need anything let me know so I I shot him an email didn't really hear anything back 
And I decide that once our season ended, I'm going to drive I'm going to drive to Atlanta, I'm getting a media credential, and I'm just going to hang out in the press box, see who I see, meet who I meet, and see if I can meet the right people. Well, as fate would have it, that night there was about a three-hour rain delay during the game. So during the rain delay, nobody's doing anything. So I had all this time with the president of the team, the two broadcasters, the producer, I had time with them that I never would have had if I'd picked any other night. Uh, they would have been too busy. I might have had shook a hand and that's that. So as we're sitting there talking, I'll never forget this, Don Sutton, um, like, a, like, like my baseball father, mm. he took me under his wing and took care of me. And he didn't have to do that, being a Hall of Famer. But he had a bottle of moonshine that he kept in the <laughs> back of the booth. And he, he pulls out this mason jar of moonshine. I'm not talking about the stuff that they sell, to, like the apple. Yeah, yeah. Well, legit stuff that he got from his uncle who lives in, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple, there's a couple cans of it in our lockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah for so sure. He's like, you want to pull a moonshine? He could have offered me diesel fuel. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have a drink with Don Sutton. <laughs> so we're talking, and then Derek Schiller, the president CEO of the Braves, walks in. We get to talking. What do you do? What What's the season been like? Who do you like down in Mississippi, et cetera? And that's when his idea comes about of doing spring training games. Like, why don't you come down and do three spring training games? I was like, I'll ride a tricycle to Florida to do spring training games. So I go down the next year, um, that following spring 2010, they had me doing three games, and they liked my work. And if it's not for that rain delay, that conversation never happens. The spring training games never happen. And I don't get the nod to come here the following year after that to do pregame and postgame. So awesome. looking back, there's just some things you're like, that was, it was meant to be. Anyone who has listened to the Braves Radio Network knows that it's truly meant to be. Uh, ben, as well as Joe Simpson, uh, Nick Green, Peter Moylan, Jonathan Chadwick, the producer-engineer, they do a wonderful job of bringing the games to fans like us. And so one of our audience members asked a follow-up question. He said, you know, we hear the finished product, we know that it's a good broadcast, but it's not just showing up and talking about baseball. There must be a lot of preparation work in there. And this audience member asked Ben to talk about the preparation process. Here's what Ben had to say. Extremely boring. Um, <laughs> I, I am I am very very regimented, and my prep. Yes, we it, it's it's so funny because we are so routine oriented, and if a day comes where you're slightly out of your routine, you feel rushed, and I hate feeling rushed. I I, I hate being late to the ballpark. Um, I hate not being where I need to be. I know in my mind what I need to be doing at that moment. And a lot of that starts for me the night before. So I'll finish a game, whether we're at home or on the road. Uh, if I'm at home, I'll usually come home and start immediately. If we're on the road, maybe you guys are having a drink at the bar, I'll have one, but then I'm back to my room. And that night, before the next day's game, I'm starting on my pitching matchup for the next day. Uh, and that's knowing the pitching matchup, who the two pitchers are, what they throw, what they did their last outing, what their hot and cold streaks are, a little bit about them uh, individually, uh, background, that kind of thing, hometown, height, weight, all that. I've got it all on a page, and it looks the same every single day. Uh, and and I, I like to have that done before I even get to the next day. Next day comes, uh, breakfast, gym, hang out, go to the ballpark, usually 3 o'clock every single day. I'm trying to get there between 3, 3.30. Uh, or if we're on the road, take that 3 o'clock bus. And when I get there, that's when I start filling out my scorebook. And my scorebook is... Um, 
it, it's the nerdiest thing that I do. It's uh, I am I am so particular about that thing, which is funny because there's really nothing else in my life that I'm that over the top. OCD about, but I am my scorebook. I've got to have the lineup a certain way. I've got my standings on there. I fill the whole thing out. And it, it, that might take, it usually takes me 40 minutes to an hour to do my scorebook. Uh, after that, we've got game notes that come out from each team. Let's say we're playing the Phillies. The Phillies have game notes. The Braves have game notes. And it's information on what's going on with those teams. And I'll go through there, highlight things that are interesting to me. So I've got that there. And then our, our producer prints out a page. It's, it's, uh, it comes from MLB Network. It is an info packet for every single game in Major League Baseball. So I'll go, go to our game, and if there are interesting numbers, interesting facts, things like that that I want to use, I'll highlight those. So I've got all that in front of me to my left. I've got my laptop over here to my right, and I've got my scorebook right here. Um, so I'll, I'll have my laptop in case I want to check the scoreboard, see what else is happening around Major League Baseball. And I've got my highlighted stuff here. Um, and I'll also go through before a series starts. So every time we play a series, they're typically three-game series, occasionally two games, occasionally four games. But I'll go through each player um, in the lineup and, and pick up something from the, a nugget, something. Uh, you know, this guy's grandfather's in the Hall of Fame, or this guy is nine home runs for 300 for his career, something like that. And you have all that. And you might not use it for game one or game two. A lot of the stuff that I prep, I might use by the time a series is done, I might use three-fourths of it. Mm -hmm. There might be, there's plenty of stuff that I never even get to. But that's my theory of being over-prepared. I never want to be under-prepared. I want to have too much uh, because who knows, you might have a 17-inning game. Who knows if you'll need some insane story about something that happened 40 years ago. I want to have that there just in case. So I really stress preparation. I stress over-preparation. And I feel like that's been uh, something that's really worked for me because the, you know, the more work you put in, the more prepared you're going to be, and therefore you'll be ready for whatever moment is thrown at you. Ben may spend a lot of time in his room preparing for broadcasts, but he still enjoys getting out when the team travels on road trips. When one of our audience members asked about his favorite cities to travel to, here was his response. There's at least a couple different ways of answering that question. Great question. So I'll kind of break it down in ballparks, cities, um, things like that. As far as cities go, every year when our schedule comes out, we look to see where our off days are. If you got an off day in Chicago, awesome. Because I know you could blindfold me and I could walk out of the hotel and stumble into a great restaurant in Chicago. Uh, Miami, you know that um, you're gonna, you can have a beach day. You can have a day hanging out by the pool. Uh, there are some cities where everybody brings their wife or girlfriend, especially if there's an off day. New York is one of those. Miami's one of those. Chicago, L.A. Nobody brings their wives to Cincinnati or Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're just kind of on your own there. But uh, those are some of the best ones because typically if you have an off night, you know you're going to find a good restaurant. You'll get a good group together, and you get to go enjoy a night for once. And I feel like... Those are obvious choices, New York, Chicago, San Diego, San Francisco, um, just fun places where there's lots of options and places to go. As far as ballparks go, um, there are places that fans enjoy going that maybe are hard for us and vice mm. versa. For instance, you, you see us play the Marlins. There's nobody in there, but it's such a great broadcasting booth. It's huge. We It's 
luxurious, really. We love working in Miami because the booth is so big and spacious. Flip side of that is, you know, you think about places to go if you're a fan. Everybody wants to go to Wrigley Field. And I love broadcasting at Wrigley Field. My partner and my producer hate it because we're in there shoulder to shoulder <laughs> in this tiny little booth that's over 100 years old and trying to broadcast the game. I, I don't mind that, but as far as uh, ballparks go, man, Fenway is really tough to beat. You are right on top of the plate. Um, Seattle is a great place to, to broadcast. It's amazing. Great vantage point. We got two foul balls in the booth this year yes. and just yes. about killed us. Yes. We got another foul ball in Arizona. Arizona has a great vantage point. So from a booth perspective, it's all about what the vantage point is, where you can see the best. Those are really good ones. San Francisco is a great one. You got the bay out there. And, and just to give you a, how big of a nerd I can be on this, Anytime we play, this is, I can't even believe I'm admitting this. Um, anytime we play in San Francisco, I look to see what the, the lunar cycle is. Because if you've ever broadcasted a game there and you have a full moon over the bay in right field, it's the prettiest thing you've ever seen. It's so cool. While you're watching the game, there's a giant full moon that's sinking off into the bay. That's, that's really, cool. really cool. We, we had a, we, I think we're about, we, we missed a full moon by three days this past year. So. Anyway, uh, those are some that uh, come to mind. Flip side of that, Pittsburgh is really high, but you have a really good backdrop. We all hate Washington. The, the joke is you don't have a flyover at Washington. You have a fly under because you're <laughs> so high. Um, th those, are, those are probably the ones that are the opposite of that spectrum. I hope that you've enjoyed these added insights from Ben Ingram on this bonus episode of the Burning Questions podcast. I know that I can forget that celebrities and media personalities are real people too. They have lives, they have feelings, and they have a lot of people that just want to take and take and take without giving anything in return. I felt so honored that Ben would accept our invitation to join us for this special event at the LJ Cigar Lounge. I was equally pleased that at the end of this question and answer session, our audience members started looking him in the eye and also expressing their gratitude and appreciation directly to him. Turns out, Ben felt like he got cared for during this evening as well. Well, this, this has been a highlight for me. This is, this is where I feel at home and, and comfortable and hanging out with y'all and meeting new people and getting to do what we like to do and have a cigar and, and enjoy the evening together. It's, uh, you know, nights like this, so you don't get these all that often. So I'm, I'm very glad that you guys wanted to do this and so glad it worked out. So thank you for having me. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to the Burning Questions podcast. In that final soundbite, Ben really hit on the reason that we have the Burning Questions podcast in the first place and why the LJ Cigar Lounge exists. First and foremost, we exist to create community. In other words, we aim to create settings where people can feel at home. If you're in search of a community which will welcome you to speak about what's really going on in your heart and in your mind, I hope you'll join us at the LJ Cigar Lounge. And if that's not possible for you for whatever reason, please reach out with your questions and thoughts by emailing us at hello at burningquestionspodcast.com. Our next full-length episode will drop on August 14th. Be sure you don't miss it. Subscribe to the Burning Questions podcast today, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if we're serving you well through this media, please help us spread the word to others. Leave us five-star feedback, 
invite your friends to subscribe, or simply share this content on social media. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you'll join us next time on the Burning Questions podcast.